I just like don't understand who decided let's put a fake flower on a girl that is as big as her and spend four hundred dollars on it and she can wear it for one day. It's crazy to me. That is crazy. Yeah. And how do they stay on? Welcome to the Teen Life Podcast, where we believe that teenagers are not a problem to be solved, but we are here to help you equip teenagers through the power of connection. I'm Carly Duke, and I'm here with Chris Roby. Hey, guys. So, Chris, today I want to talk about habits. Okay. (laughs) But first, I want to know, are there any habits that you have that either you can't kick or maybe you want to get rid of? What do habits look like for you? Well, the ones that I'll talk about on a podcast. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, the main one, honestly, when I think about uh, just bad habits or unhealthy or just could do a whole lot better is uh, my nighttime routine. And I don't know if it's like the result of having little kids where like you just kind of go, go, go all day. And it's like the one time a day, no one's going to ask for anything and I can watch what I want to watch. And it it doesn't matter how many healthy eating choices I've made that day. Mm-hmm. I could have eaten celery and carrots the whole day long. If there's a bag of potato chips there, I'm probably going to grab it and not uh, <laughs> exercise portion control, any of those kinds mm-hmm. of things. And so, yeah. Um, and that's been like a lifelong thing, like the bedtime routine, like bedtime snack, bedtime snack. And like my wife, she literally, she's fine. She'll just go crawl in bed and fall asleep. Like, I don't know how that happens. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't shut down that quickly. So. How about you? I think from on the opposite end of the daytime schedule, I cannot wake up in the morning hmm. with my alarm ever. I'm an adult and I still can't. Like I have to hit snooze at least once, usually two or three times. Like I intentionally set my alarm earlier than I need to get up because I know I will snooze. Hmm. And I don't know like why that is, why I can't just like, like it would be, I would get to sleep more if I just woke up when it was time to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a habit. I just can't seem to kick. Just keep hitting that snooze. The snooze button. Mm -hmm. It'll get you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So today I want to talk about, obviously habits are important for teenagers and establishing habits. Healthy habits are big. Um, I saw somewhere that I've heard this a lot, that it takes 21 days to create a habit. But I saw, and I'll post all these links, but I saw an article that actually says it can take anywhere from 18 to 254 days to create a habit. Wow. That's a lot of days for a habit. Exactly. So people like sell you this 21 days, you can do it, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily mean that's a habit. And so it can, it's a wide range. And I've heard it, I've heard it talked about in terms of almost installing, like if you're, if you're talking about like a computer where you install new software you Mm -hmm. update it you're literally you know rewriting code you know and so i've i've seen people who do talk about this needs to take longer as you're literally installing a new piece of code in your in in your day-to-day and you have to be able to give that time to be able to to set in exactly but and if you also think this totally makes sense but it's really easy to create a habit that you want Mm. or that provides your brain with pleasure so for example eating snacks at night that's awesome is uh, that would be a habit that you could have it yeah (laughs) sorry i don't know why i said it like that (laughs) that would be a habit that you would pick up really quickly but if you're trying to quit something like on the opposite end that makes you feel good that is probably going to take longer and you're going to have to put in more work or if you're trying to pick up a habit that is a big life change that's going to be longer than a little like tweak to something. Yeah. And we, uh, 
we don't go for the long-term play <laughs> very often. It's mm-hmm. much more work, um, even though we know deep down inside this this work will be worth it. It's much easier to just stick with the thing that tastes good or feel good at yeah, the time. And exactly. as grown adults with kids, if we struggle with this, I can't imagine the adolescent mind mm-hmm. having to rewrite on a habit. Totally. So let's talk about some ways to switch out of habits and then we'll give some examples of some healthy habits. But first of all, um, if you're trying to switch a habit or if you're trying to encourage a teenager to switch a habit, the first thing I think is to tell someone. Mm-hmm. Having that accountability and someone that can ask you how it's going is big. And I, I'd say in, in the times that I have uh, tried to install new healthy habits, that's the one that I've struggled with the most because I anticipate I'm probably not going to do well on this. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have to go to someone and say, hey, I screwed this up. Right. right. And so being able to find that person that you can trust and know there's a good chance I might not get this on the first try. I need to find someone that that isn't going to shame me or make me feel bad, Mm -hmm. but it's actually here to help me. Mm -hmm. And with that, being consistent, um, just trying it over and over again, Um, even if you mess up saying, you know what, it's not worth, I'm, I'm bad about this. If I'm trying to create a habit and I go one day where I miss or one day where I'm not doing that habit, then I'm kind of like, oh, well. It's over. Yeah. And I just ruined all this work that I did instead of the next day going, you know what? It's a new day. Let's mm-hmm. try again. Um, and so being consistent. Um, I also think choosing habits that make you happy or make life better mm-hmm. is big. That's really helpful. One thing for teenagers, if they're trying to start a lot of habits at once, tell them just start with the easiest one. Mm-hmm. Get a win first. Yeah. 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 The, the quick, easy win. Exactly. Yeah. And so encouraging them to start with the easiest one making it a part of your routine where you're doing it. I can't remember what that's. Oh man. I'm so sorry. I can't remember what that's called, but where you put a habit with something else. Like every time I brush my teeth, I'm also going to do this. Mm-hmm. And so it triggers every time you do that. Yeah. There's different, there's different, different terminology with that, but basically it associates like that, bundling. Like yeah. Bundling. Yeah. Yeah. Bundling. There you go. Um, and then finally creating a reward system. So if you can set out ahead of time, if I do, this habit or if I reach this mark, you see this a lot with like weight loss type things. Like if I lose five pounds and I get this, and then if Mm -hmm. I lose 10 pounds, I get this. But with a teenager, create a reward system of if they do it for so many days, Mm -hmm. they get it. Almost like a sticker chart when they were potty training. Yes. Well, I mean, it it depends on how you're wired too, because I know a lot of people, including myself, really enjoy checking off a box, you know? And so if you're able to create a streak or something about and putting on the bathroom mirror or whatever it's that high visibility place in your in your house where you check that box when you've done that and every day you kind of look for that little dopamine hit mm-hmm. of checking that box to circle back around to uh the consistency um john acuff ran, wrote a really good book called finish uh, a few years yeah. back where he talks about the enemy of any productive uh habit formation is perfection and this idea of perfectionism is that if you if you mess up one day, then you just throw it all out the window. And that is the that's the biggest enemy we have to get over is like if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not gonna do it at all, mm-hmm. which we all know is really not um realistic. Mm-hmm. Um no no life change is ever perfect or mostly it's just pretty messy until until we can figure it out. But um that's a great resource for anyone who's trying to uh get into new habits finish. Yes. by John Acuff. I'll add that one to the mm-hmm. links too. Now, in our teen life support groups, we talk about stress. Mm-hmm. And in that conversation, we talk about what habits would help stress that are also healthy because a lot of times teenagers have unhealthy habits. So 
let's talk through some of those. What mm-hmm. are some healthy habits that teenagers would benefit from? Um, and I kind of talked about this on how to switch out of habits, but just talking to someone, mm-hmm. um, making sure instead of handling all yourself, that's a habit that I'm going to go to a trusted person every mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and when we, some of the ones you'll hear us talk about here are ones we literally hear from teenagers when mm-hmm. we do these groups. They talk about this, about, about I just need to talk to someone. And that's a given for a lot of adults, but um, so many students don't really have that person, nor do they think of that initially. Like, I should probably talk to someone about this because you don't want to burden someone. You don't have someone's going to respond to it, but you're not going to make any healthy change unless you're willing to actually open up and be vulnerable mm-hmm. about, you know, this is a part of my life I'm actually not happy with and I like to, I like to change it. Most people are going to be willing to help out with that. Totally. Music is a big one. Mm-hmm. We hear a lot. So that's a habit. If they're trying to avoid something or they're stressed, listening to music, playing music, mm-hmm. being involved in some way is a habit that I hear a ton in our groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun also as, as you talk to your teenager about that to ask, well, tell me about the music that you're into um, or, um, you know, play me a song, even if it's maybe not the most appropriate, who knows. But it is a point of connection where, because um, music is intensely personal mm-hmm. for all of us. Like there's some, there, there are certain band, certain band, certain song, certain lyric that gets you in the feels every time, right? And did I say that right? <laughs> yep, you did. I'm so proud of you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to, so I, I, I want to use that term more, but I the I, feels. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to say it wrong. I'll get my feelings hurt. There you go. Yep. Yep. So, um, but yeah, music is, uh, I, I really enjoy talking about music and I'm a music guy. Um, but, and I think a lot more people are than really know that for mm-hmm. sure. I think exercise is another one, whether that's sports or lifting weights, going on walks, something that is a physical healthy habit, um, meditation or prayer mm-hmm. is also one. And we've talked about that's one that meditation will probably do an episode on that. Mm-hmm in the future. Um, and then some just life skill habits of getting enough sleep, mm-hmm. eating the right things that eating to fuel your body and not just eating because it's what's in front of you or that's what you need. Study habits are huge as well. So thinking through maybe sit down with your teenager and say, is there a habit you want to get rid of and a habit you want to add? And mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Which mm-hmm. one pick one to start with. Don't do both at the same time, mm-hmm. but pick one and let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Hey friends, let's take a minute to just talk about three easy ways that you can support the Teen Life Podcast. So the first one is to listen and subscribe. And congrats, you've already done half of that because you're listening to me right now. So if you haven't subscribed to the Teen Life Podcast, go in your favorite app and subscribe right now so you never miss an episode. The second is to share it with friends. This is easy. If you hear a topic that you think they would love or you just know another adult, who loves teenagers, send this on. Pass on the link, share it on social media. We love it when you invite your friends to be part of this with us. And then finally, review us in your favorite app. We obviously love the positive reviews, but we're here for anything. So take a minute to share, to review, and obviously subscribe so you never miss another conversation. Okay, Chris, for our trend this week, I want to talk about something that is back it's back it's back sports are back oh fall sports are back yes and i'll say it's pretty hard to to beat a good fall sport 
and just all the things. Like I feel, I feel like the month of October is the best. I mean, some some would argue March with March Madness. Yes, but for my money, the amount of quality sports either ending their seasons or starting their seasons. You have a you lot of overlap right now. A lot of overlap. It's a great time if you are a sports fan. Exactly, and thinking even for middle school and high schoolers who are playing sports. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on right now. So you've got football, you've got cross country, you've got volleyball, band, cheerleading, drill team. All these things are happening right now. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of commitment. And I think, especially as I was thinking about this topic for our transition years. So your seventh grade usually, right, is Mm -hmm. when you start playing sports for Mm -hmm. the first time. For seventh graders who have probably played maybe outside of school and other little league or stuff like that, but they're coming into football for the first time maybe. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? Or for our early high schoolers who are really getting into varsity and junior varsity sports. Mm -hmm. And so this is a big deal. Fall sports are huge. And so I kind of wanted to talk through some of what comes with fall sports. And one of the big ones that's especially happening right now, I know in Texas it is, is homecoming. Yeah. It seems like it's earlier and earlier every year too. I know. I think that's interesting. I don't know if that's a... I don't know if that's a COVID thing because you're trying to get it out of the way just in case. No, I feel, I feel like or that's been if, the case for a while. I don't know why. If, it's every still time. so hot. Can we not wait till it gets yeah, a little cooler yeah. before we do homecoming? Yeah, exactly. Let's do it in November where it's not so sweaty. We're in Texas. So. Yes, that's true. In case you don't know <laughs> yes, where we are. Yeah. It is still very hot here. It does mm-hmm. not feel like fall yet. But homecoming is huge. We talked about promposals. I mean, a long time ago, I guess, mm-hmm. in the spring. That is a thing for homecoming, too. In case you didn't know that people will give these homecoming proposals. And I've heard, at least in our area, that schools are kind of minimizing the homecoming activities. So maybe there aren't as many. For for COVID. Yes, for COVID. Mm -hmm. Maybe there aren't as many dances. They're limiting mums. If you do not live in Texas and have not seen a I will post one. A picture of a mum. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? I do. I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm not talking about like the actual flowers that you can like go buy from. Because that would be hilarious. Home Depot. (laughs) These are, if you're not from Texas or the South, they, high schoolers and middle schoolers, I suppose, wear these massive fake flowers that have probably four feet of ribbon attached to them. Bells, their names are on them. They will have full stuffed animals on them. They are so expensive. I just like don't understand who decided, let's put a fake flower on a girl that is as big as her and spend $400 on it and she can wear it for one day. It's crazy to me. That is crazy. Yeah. And how do they stay on? Like that's, that's, that's what sometimes they'll pin them if they're small, but I've seen them. Most of them, they wear them around their neck because they're so heavy and girls will like complain about back aches at the end of the day. This is wild. Wow. <laughs> this is wild. My friends who are not from Texas, anytime they see like around homecoming time, they're like, why is this a thing? Yeah. And, but some schools will do it where instead of doing mums, they'll say like, we're going to donate that money to something else. Mm-hmm. And you get a, you get a shirt. And we're going to or we're going to give back to kids in need. And so that's really cool. But I've heard, Chris, something called FOCO. FOCO. (laughs) FOCO. So (laughs) apparently some of the schools around us who are not happy with the lack of homecoming activities, parents are planning a FOCO, a fake homecoming. Fake homecoming. That is going to be sponsored by parents and not by the school. So that's something to look forward to. And it's not secret. I guess not. No. I guess it's just not sponsored by the school, so it's not really homecoming. Yeah. I don't know. But it's kind of fake. Yeah, fascinating stuff. So we don't know how this is going to play out yet. Do we, if we had a, 
a teen life podcast prediction of, of will many students go to the FOCO or is this more for the parents to relive their oh, goodness. Yeah. That's a really good question. It is. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I can see it being popular because it's not, if it's not sponsored by the school, sometimes that means rules are more relaxed mm. mm-hmm. um, and there aren't as many guidelines, which means kids can get away with more stuff. Mm-hmm. So I can see that being popular. Yeah, it just depends. But kids have a lot going on, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know how popular those, you know, just with the student body at large, how popular those events are anymore. Right. We didn't do homecoming to... dances, but I know those are big other mm-hmm. places, but mm-hmm. we didn't. We only did prom. And so, but a lot of places do homecoming dances. So that's one thing. I Absolutely. Don't know. Yeah. That's fascinating. But be on the lookout for homecoming moms, mm-hmm. all that comes with that. Um, another thing, though, for fall sports is juggling practice in school. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge. You've got some of these kids who are out super late practicing and then are coming home exhausted mm-hmm. and still have to do homework. And so that's a that's a big healthy habits come in. Right yeah. There. And you'll find a lot of uh, student athletes kind of in their seventh and ninth grade years tend to make those bigger decisions regarding am I going to continue to do this mm-hmm. or not? Because. If you haven't played football and you do your first two a days, you really have to ask yourself the question, do I, do I want to do this right. for the rest of my career? And so you see a lot of, um, for lack of a better term, kind of thinning of the herd a little bit with, with kids making that decision. I don't, do I want to continue or drop? So you see a lot of kids who will drop. And if your student decides this is what I want to do right now, that's a good place for conversation there because um, this is when it becomes a lot more real for students um, mm-hmm. of the early, early morning practices the late afternoon practices, plus all the school and homework and all the new expectations. So lots to take on. Right. And especially, I think, around us, bands are huge. Mm-hmm. The commitment for band, I hear people say all the time, like, band is not a sport. Mm-hmm. But the commitment and the oh, time yeah. commitment and even the physical, like, of a marching band is huge. And the heat. yeah, Yes. And mm-hmm. the heat. They do two-a-days. They sit there. They've got to be at the whole game. They also perform during halftime. And then they go home and continue to practice. Mm-hmm. And have to do homework on top of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like band is a massive commitment. And so just make sure you're checking on your student. Ask how you can help. Make sure that they're not getting overwhelmed with all that they have to do as well. And that's where the that conversation about healthy habits of see if there's a habit that you can put in that will help them do better. Because maybe it's sleep. Mm-hmm. They might need more sleep during this time. And I think it's good probably as uh, parents and helpers to help uh, our students budget just some unstructured time mm-hmm. um it's like no there's no homework there's no practicing your instrument there's no this like we're just gonna play right we're not, we're just gonna reconnect with ourselves and each other outside of that and and that and that is not necessarily to say that any of the practices or sports are bad but it, but it creates some margin and it creates some perspective um and allows for us to know where we stop and that stuff begins mm-hmm. because those things can get so muddied and so I think we can really do ourselves a favor by even when we're planning our week, say, hey, you know what? Wednesday night, we don't have anything. Let's just not let's, let's plan on not filling that time. Right. Um, and that's really helpful for students mental health. Yeah. And then finally, the drama of making the team or playing time. Mm. I mean, that is not fun. And I have a lot of thoughts on this. I am a coach's wife, so I hear the back end of this mm-hmm. a lot. I guess my encouragement as a parent your influence and what you says matters a lot to your mm-hmm. teen. And I've seen it several times where a teenager is just happy to be on the team. Mm-hmm. And there might be a little bit of 
man, I wish I played more. But when the parents come in, they're like, why is my son not playing more? Why is my daughter not starting? That then creeps into their mind. Mm. And you see it affected by home life way more than it's affected by what their friends think or what the coach says mm -hmm. and all of that. So when it comes to sports, just making sure that you're being positive and upbeat and encouraging your student and making them, hey, what can we do to get you better? Mm -hmm. Encourage them to go talk to their coaches too. Yes, That does not need to be a parent conversation. That needs to be a, hey, are you frustrated about playing time? Why don't you go talk to your mm -hmm. coach? Yeah, so however we can empower our students to um, advocate for themselves, yes. right? And that's, it's so much easier for us as a parent to do that, but it's a lot more work to uh, empower your student to do mm -hmm. that. And so if they're nervous, you know, kind of work through what, what's the worst that's going to happen here, <laughs> you know? Are they going to kick you off the team for asking for more playing mm -hmm. time? Are they, I mean, any of these things that there's these um, worst case scenarios that are pretty silly when we start playing them out, but helping the students know that because the earlier we can help and empower our students to advocate for themselves, the more they're going to do it in other places in their life. Mm -hmm. And so sports is a great place for them to try that stuff out uh, and to remove yourself as that person, because that's that transition we talk about a lot with adolescents is this is them becoming themselves. And if I'm doing it for them, um, they can't, they can't perform that task. For the tip this week, I saw a, this is probably a little older now, but an Instagram post by Tyler Merritt, and I'll post his link as well. But, and this is a picture, so it's probably hard for you to think about, I suppose, because you're not seeing it in front of mm -hmm. you like we are. But it's this idea that people tend to believe that grief shrinks over time. So it's this picture of this ball in a jar. Mm-hmm and the ball is shrinking in the jar. Mm -hmm. And then underneath it, it says, what really happens is that we grow around our grief. Hmm. And then it has another set of pictures that the ball stays the same and the jar gets bigger. Mm. So that idea that when we're thinking through teenagers and grief and even our own grief, we expect that grief to get smaller. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's accurate. This is one of the most accurate pictures I think of grief I've ever seen that it, the grief doesn't shrink. Mm -hmm our ability to grow around it and to handle it and to, I don't necessarily think move on, but our ability to deal with grief grows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, we, we talked a lot about the trauma of the last year for adolescents and how that's probably still, even as life somewhat gets back to normal now, that whole idea that everything could shut down at a moment's notice, mm -hmm. that, that's a, that's a, that's a grief thing there. Cause that's never been, uh, something anyone's ever really ever experienced. And so asking a, a kid just to move on from that is a, is, is a hard thing to ask, but for them to know, no, that's still there. And that's, that's a thing. Um, but we, we also know we have all this new information and we have this new way to understand how to deal with it. And whether or not it's COVID related or it's a loss of a loved one over the last year, loss of a job or any of those things that cause some kind of grief or loss, Oftentimes when we ask a kid to just to get past it, we're, what we're really saying is we as adults are uncomfortable with their grief. Mm -hmm. And we need to be, we need to understand that about our own, our own stuff. And so I love this idea too, where if we can teach a student how to, or support them through growing around that grief, where this is part of their life, but they, this doesn't control them, uh, but they know it's still there. that's a wrap on this one thank you so much for listening a special thanks to carly duke 
and to Kelly Fan for producing this podcast. Also to Luke Cabrera for our awesome podcast music. If you want to know more about Luke and his music, check out his contact info in the description. Well, this podcast is for the helpers, and we really hope you feel helped. If there's something we haven't talked about or a topic that you're really interested in, email us at podcast at teenlife.ngo, and we will do our best to get to that topic. We will see you next week.